This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Athletic Brewing Company is reimagining beer for the modern active adult. Their great-tasting athletic craft brews let you enjoy the refreshing taste of craft beer without the alcohol or the hangover. You can enjoy them anytime, anywhere, and still be healthy, active, and at your best. And when AB won North American Brewer of the Year at the International Beer Challenge, the judges were shocked to find out it was alcohol-free. I mean, seriously? buzz-free beer that is better than the rest and to top it all off is part of athletic brewing two for the trails program two percent of all their sales are donated to causes and organizations that support healthy outdoor active living through park and trail cleanup and maintenance whether you've decided to cut alcohol out of your life for good for a night or just one drink Athletic Brewing Company provides an option without compromises that you're guaranteed to enjoy. To try their award-winning non-alcoholic beers, go to athleticbrewing.com. Use the code PNF20. You'll save 20% off your first order. There is free shipping on orders of two six-packs or more, or you can use their store finder to find it on shelves near you. Athletic Brewing. Brew without compromise. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. You're listening to Bass Fishing for Moves on the Paddle and Fin Podcast with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back to Bass Vision for Noobs on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. Got the co-host, Sean. Hey, what's up, everyone? And uh, tonight we have a special guest, Mr. Bobby Roseby from the J- uh, Jigs and Bigs Podcast. Welcome, sir. How you doing? Good to be here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've actually 
listened to your podcast for a while and you know we were talking about it just beforehand where you listened to my original podcast and Mm -hmm. all that so like i i think it's really cool like i didn't know you even listened to my podcast uh, oh yeah back before then and I, i listened to yours uh i think i've listened when i could you know there's so many fishing podcasts out there now but i i've listened i think since like august Oh really? Um, okay, so you've been going back? Yeah. Well, I'm, I it, it was somewhere around that time frame. Yeah. Um, somebody had you know made a post on like the KBF page, like, oh, what's some good kayak fishing oh. podcast? And I believe it was you that actually commented on there and said like, oh, I do this podcast, jigs and bigs. I'm like, I like jigs and I like big fish. Let me exactly. check it out. <laughs> and, What's not uh, to like, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I checked it out. And, you know, I, I did want to say you have one of the best, like, produced fishing podcasts that I've heard out there. So you're, oh, you're doing awesome, a really man. good job with that. Thank you, dude. I, I appreciate that. It, uh, it's good. I, like, I've been a, like I, I mentioned before we were talking, I've been a DJ. Television. Uh, so that's, that's come in handy. It's one of the only things that been working in TV has come in handy for has been producing a, a decent podcast. <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually, when I first started listening, you know, I didn't know you or anything. Oh, well, actually, I don't really know you now. I just talked to you for the first time really tonight. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, whenever I first heard your podcast, I'm like, this guy's got to have some kind of like experience with like audio engineering or something because like it just sounds too good and uh you know kind of find out you were a dj and you know you're in like uh game show hosting and all this and yep. like this guy's like a celebrity that started a kayak fishing <laughs> podcast <didn't you? laughs> but, oh uh, man but yeah it's good to have you here you know um so welcome again uh you know, I, I talked a little bit about who you are, or whatever, but I guess you can do a better mm-hmm. job at introducing yourself if you want to take a minute and, you know, introduce yourself about who you are and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, Bobby Rose Beef. Uh, I've been pro- professionally Bobby Rose Beef for about like mm, seven or eight years now. Uh, I've I've been a, a DJ since I was. I mean, it's been it's going on like thirty years now almost. And I uh, I you know I do events mainly and think things like that. I've worked in television for a while. I've been fishing um, my whole life really, and I I took a, a big hiatus. Uh, when I was somewhere in like uh, just about in high school, really. And I didn't really pick it back up until about 2012. And when I did, I was fishing with a friend of mine and it was just one of these things. I was looking for a hobby. I was basically just looking for something to keep myself busy. And I said to uh, my buddy, I said, well, let me, let me tag along next time you go fishing. So I went out and I bought a, a rod and reel. I think, I think it was an Eagle claw spinning combo. I got from like Amazon or whatever. And, you know, we went out with some live bait and that's, I, I always grown up fishing for trout. You know, and I was always a live bait fisherman and I never had really tried any artificial baits or any different techniques or, or anything like that. Like you ask me like a gear ratio or, you know, to me, it was just all the same. A fishing rod was a fishing rod, you know, and I started to, what was it? Was There was a box service uh, back then. I think it was tackle grab was the one that I subscribed to like way back. And 
I would just to sort of like get some diverse stuff and, and try some different things. And I fished just casually here and there. And then I took, a, I took about a year off. There's something on our Patreon about that. There's a video, a react video. That's a funny story. Um, I took a year off because I just had it, you know? Uh, and I decided I went out with a security at one of the uh, venues that I host trivia at. And he he'd asked me, you know, if I fished at all. And I said, yeah, a little bit. And he says, tomorrow, let's get together and go. We'll meet at this pond. So I said, screw it. We'll go for it. At this point, I had, you know, I had, I had acquired a couple of bait casters and things. And I was like, we'll give it a go. And I hooked into now living in Massachusetts, where, uh, where I am in the Northeast, um, bass have a different kind of growing season than other parts of the country. So for us, if you break a four to five pounder, that's, that's, uh, that's like a record. Like that's something to be really, really impressed with up here. Um, I had, I had laid into like a three and a half pounder, <laughs> like first cast. I was just like, son of a bitch, here we go. Done deal. Like we're getting back into this. And that's exactly what happened. I, I from there on, it was just, okay, we're going to do this over and over and over again. I made it a point to get out and fish three to four times a week. And I thought I was like, I thought I was hot shit. <laughs> you know, I would, I think I, I would, I would fish and I would probably catch a fish more times than I was out than I, then I would get skunked. And I was like, this is fantastic. And then I had, uh, I had a background, um, uh, early on, like back in high school, uh, the co-host of my show, Sean, the fisherman and I, we worked together at this, uh, television appliance store in the warehouse. And he has been into bass fishing heavily since he was a kid. And like I said, you know, he's forgotten more about fishing than I know. And he's a wealth of information and he's uh, he does tournaments. He does some, uh, he does kayak tournaments online. He does, uh, MAKB for the KBF trail here in Massachusetts. Um, as well as, you know, some, some other tournament events and things like that. And, you know, I had, I started kind of picking his brain a little bit on, on how things go. And I realized I kind of put myself in my own place. I was like, Oh, hold on a second. So I started keeping records slowly. I just started using fish brain. And what I, my goal was always to become as versatile as possible. So I would kind of grab one presentation, one bait, and kind of make sure that I worked that really well until I started to get a little bit of confidence in it. And then I'd sort of move on to the next thing. And you're right about this time was when COVID sort of started and, you know, the shit hit the fan. I wasn't working. Um, I had been listening to a bunch of fishing podcasts, you know, um, bass fishing for noobs was one that I had been listening to, like, since you started Ryan. Uh, and, and cause I had kind of considered, you know, a, a lot of the times I would listen to bass fishing podcasts. Once I sort of realized that, like, no, I really don't know what the hell I'm doing. I, I, I started to look more of like the, the core basics of fishing of bass fishing. And I started to really kind of break that down. So I used a lot of the tools that were out there. And I think one of the podcasts that I got into, and it only was out for like a minute, it was Ben Milliken's pin uh, podcast. And, it was, I think there's maybe four or five episodes and it's quality. Like, I mean, he's a guy I look up to, like he knows his shit. And I had uh, been listening to that and I was just like, you know, this is such a great platform. If I had the time, I would do this. And COVID made the time for me. So I decided, screw it. I'm just going to do it. And I, I put it together and, and now it's kind of grown into something that I never, ever expected ever to, to work out, like to where, where it's been pretty dynamite it 
and that's awesome. And I, I remember hearing you talk about before, like when you started your podcast, like you, you were kind of yep. looking for something that you weren't really finding in other yeah. podcasts. And I, I, that's actually how Bass Fish for Noobs got started. Like, yeah. I'm the type of person for me to learn something. I re- I need it like really broken down, and I need I need to know how it works. Yeah, and, and then I'm able to what I'm like. Okay, so that's why doing this makes it happen or whatever. And you know, you, you don't really get that. There, a lot of pests or e- even YouTube channels and stuff kind of it's like they assume that you know a certain level of what they're talking about. Yeah. I guess you can say. And, you know, for me, like I needed it broken down further so I could understand it a little better. And that's why I started bass fishing for noobs. Cause I wasn't finding anything like that out there. So, you know, I was able to control how deep we went into it. You know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, so, so yeah, like, I don't know. It, it's, it it's still just awesome to me like that you that that even as bad as that was that that was like somewhat of an inspiration for you to start a fishing podcast and oh, yeah. you did a much better job than i did uh at getting started so i uh the, it's it's so funny that you say that i'm a real big believer in there every once in a while on my instagram on the jigs and bigs instagram i'll share something like a motivational thing and there's one thing I think it was Gary V had shared he, and, and he used the, the example of a podcast and it's something, it's an idea that I've always kind of had in the back of my head, but, and, and this probably comes from, you know, playing music in bands and, and, you know, um, but you know, even when I started DJing, they're like the, it, the first podcast that you do is going to suck, just live with it. But the 50, you'll never get to that 50th one. If, the first one doesn't happen. So you might as well just get it out of the way and take the leap and learn as you go. So that way, when you do get to that 50th one, you've learned and you've grown and, and you you've at least got that accomplishment. Cause like, if you don't take the risk, you're never, ever going to get, uh, you know, get where you want to be. There was a, another guy. Um, it's funny too, because I actually, <laughs> I've been listening to his, his music a lot lately. And, uh, he's an artist. He's from Providence, Rhode Island. Um, the guy's name is Mark Miloff and he gave me some fantastic advice that is terrible for, for fishermen. If you live up North and the <laughs> advice is this play on the thin ice. Because that's where yeah. the greatest reward is. Terrible if you're an ice fisherman. Don't listen to that advice if you if you're ice. <laughs> but he was just like the biggest reward is where the biggest risk is. You got to take chances. And you know, my wife would like it if maybe I didn't take so many chances sometimes. You know, but uh, you know, you never know if you don't take a shot. You know, you got to at least go for it. Make a decision. You know, at one way or the other, for better or for worse, go for it. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, honestly, for me, when I started my pocket, I probably would have quit not long after I started. If it wasn't for Paddle and Finn, you know, mm-hmm. Brian, you know, wanted to bring me on and that kind of pushed me to keep going with it because, man, I, I nobody knew my name in the fishing industry. You know, I had a few yeah. friends that bass fished and stuff, but other than that, nobody knew who I was. You send out a message um, like, hey, will you come on my podcast? I don't know your podcast. Yep. I don't know you. Like, and, exactly. Uh, you know, half the time wouldn't even get a reply from people. So, but uh, I forget where I was going with that. But 
yeah, let's get into some fishing. Let's you know, do it. You were uh, you were saying like a four, uh, like a four to five pound bass is like a trophy bass up there with you. Yeah. So what what's your PB right now? My PB. Um, so I when I was weighing fish exclusively. I think I was at like a 3.3 or a 3.35 originally. And I mean, that's a good size fish, but up, you know, it was, it was when I started kayak fishing and I started getting into the whole catch photo release process. Yeah, and I had, I had a con, uh, I had a conversation with, with Sean, my co-host, and he, he, he explained to me, he's like, look, look at it like this. He goes, if you have a fish that's, um, you know, four pounds, you catch a four pounder. That's a great fish. But what time of year did you catch that fish? Cause that's got to be taken into account. So if you caught that fish in the spring, that fish, that was a great fish in the spring. If you catch it in July, it's going to be a completely different weight, but the only linear measurement that you've got to really go by is length. And he kind of, and I've, I've since like, I know that it's a theory and it's kind of been debunked because of the way that fish feed and how they just, it's not necessarily linear, linear, but you kind of go into it with the expectation that a longer fish means it's an older fish. An older fish should have more experience and be harder to catch is the way he explained it to me. So I started, I started measuring instead of weight, I started measuring everything in length and I still measure with weight because I'm a big replica guy. I want to, that's how I want to sort of, um, you know, sort of, itemize the achievements that I've made when I break a PB is by doing a replica. And for that, it's all about measurements in multiple angles, getting every measurement possible, a great picture. And then the weight obviously is going to let that person designing the replica know the, and actually grasp what this fish actually looked like. So I started measuring in length right now. My PB is 19 and three quarter inches, nice. which is, you know, I mean, up here, I've heard of 23s being caught. Um, I don't think anything larger than that is really common. But I mean, I know that, you know, there were there were some tournaments where I think someone somebody caught like a 20, 26, 26 and a half or something and come up in another part of the country. But so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I, I figure with that, you know, with that length measurement, that fish probably went about three and a half. It's, that's probably where my PB is right now. My PB smallmouth is two and three quarters. It, uh, you know, I figured up there would be predominantly smallmouth anyways. Uh, you, I don't know. The, the north is kind of known more for their smallmouth. And then the yeah. further you go south, you know, it's more largemouth. I'm in Tennessee, so I'm kind of right in that realm where I get a little bit of yep. best of both worlds. Yep. Um, I, I'm still working on smallmouth, though. You know, I got to get out on the river more. You know, I just started this oh, yeah. past year because I didn't even know how good of a fishery I had five minutes down the road from me, but Duck River, you know, it's actually like yep. a very well-known smallmouth uh, fishery, and I'm like five minutes away, but I've been driving like an hour away to a lake to go fish for largemouth. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. And, we, and we've got largemouth all over the place up here, but it's true. Like I've always considered smallmouth to be something special because they're not in every body of water around here. You can find largemouth in almost any body of water up this way. Um, almost any body of water. And you can, you know, smallmouth are just, they're just, there's something special about them. They're just, they just are. They're, they're probably my favorite species to catch. Um, I did catch a 15. I was in a tournament and I left my board. 
back in the truck. So mm -hmm. I didn't get to enter it. And I only got that measurement because I took some, some line and I measured the fish and then measured the line afterwards. And I'm like, that was a good smallie. <laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't know why I'm drunk. Sorry. It's been a really long week. I hear you, man. I've been working like crazy. <laughs> and so now I'm just drawing blank, but yeah, smallmouth, they're like a completely different fight. You know, yeah. I, I just, back in December, broke my PB largemouth. But before that, it was like 21 inches, five and a, around five and a half pounds. Yep. And and my PB uh, smallmouth is like 17 and three quarter. And, it's a good uh, And I don't even, I didn't weigh it, so I, I have no idea how much it weighed. But you know, smallmouth generally weigh less than a largemouth. Uh, so that smallmouth fought so much harder than that largemouth. Oh, like yeah. it's it's such a and it, it it's crazy. Like you know, it's what it was like over three inches longer and a lot fatter. But mm -hmm. I don't know the this river smallmouth man that you. You can get obsessed with those, especially oh, yeah. if you hang into a good one. Because, I mean, that one there, I cast out. I'm in current. I cast out, set my rod down or something, and I'm, like, adjusting my kayak because I'm starting to float back with everything because I'm casting uh, up against the current. Mm -hmm. And then I pick up my rod, and my line is, like, 30 foot to the left of where I cast at. Oh, so he was and, just running. Yeah, so I set the hook, and... Man, he's running back and forth, and you know I'm in clear water, so so you can see him running back. Oh and yeah, forth. And man, it, it was just crazy, and you know, heart pumping, adrenaline going, and all that. You know, I didn't really have that with that 21 inch largemouth. You know, I basically, yeah. you know, I felt a bite, I set the hook, I reeled in real fast, got him in the net. That was it. Yeah. Now, absolutely, it, my new PB was a little more fun than that, but. I, I don't know. He was really heavy, so that made it a lot more fun. But I, he was also cold. So at first, he wasn't moving a lot. He was just heavy. Yeah. But when he saw the kayak, he started running a little more. He started to realize it was going down and it was time to get away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you're, you know, listening to your podcast, you're more of like a finesse type guy, it seems like. You know, I'm, I'm more comfortable with finesse. I, I really am. And I'm trying to get a little bit, um, out of that sort of box because I'm the guy who, if the bite's tough, I'm going to downsize, downsize, downsize as much as I can. And I'm real comfortable throwing a drop shot. I'm really, really comfortable. I love throwing Ned rigs, uh, weightless, weightless plastics. I'm really, really into throwing weightless stuff. I use a lot of spinning gear. Um, but like right now I'm trying to get more into power fishing. One of us froze up. Yep. It'll it should come right back. There. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Um, so, so what I'm, what I'm working on is I'm, I'm looking at maps so I can actually pay attention to contour lines and things. And then I'm just trying to get better this year, focusing on search baits. You know, lipless crankbaits I know are are really versatile, so I'm kind of starting with that. 
but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically, I want to get into some tournaments, but I know like this isn't the time. And I know it's just going to be a huge ton of frustration if I go into it and I'm not able to find fish, especially if I happen to get like up here, we, we only have, you know, in our, our trails, there's only X amount of slots that you can get. They go fast. So if, you know, I'm able to get one and it's a body of water that I don't know at all. Well, now the deck's stacked against me. Right. Um, and by, by the way, uh, Sean, you know, he, he's on call at work. He yep. uh, got a call and he had to answer it. Now he's actually got to go into work. So uh, Ugh, it, it'll sucks. be just me and Bobby for the rest of the episode here. Okay. No worries. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's kind of, you got a co-host, you know, Sean, the fisherman, and, yep. uh, I've, I've got my co-host, Sean, the wannabe fisherman. And, <laughs> no, I, I had to throw a jab out there. Adam. I got to give you this. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, I see. I need that. That would make me a little more professional like you. I need, I need the sound effect, but, uh, I love it. That, that, where were we? Oh, uh, you were talking about tournaments and like trying yep. to get ready for those. I did want to do a quick shout out. I believe in March we we're going to try to start back up the paddle and fin noob tournaments. Um, I believe we're going to keep the the uh, pay at, or the buy in at ten dollars. You know, we that was the whole thing starting. They wanted to be cheap where people aren't investing a lot of money. Yep. And uh, so yeah, uh, if you're not already, make sure y'all join the group. Um, paddle and fin noob tournaments on facebook uh that's where all the captain's meeting and all the information and all that's going to be on there uh when we get it up on tourney x we'll be um we'll be posting the link there so nice. yeah if y'all are interested in learning the catch photo release process the kayak fishing tournament process uh make sure you join in on that that's awesome yeah and y'all y'all do something similar as well yeah. So we this is kind of crazy. When it comes to tournaments, we're really spread all over the place. We got really lucky. So like I said, Sean already does a, a bunch of tournaments and I think for Massachusetts, he's won Massachusetts uh kayak tournaments online angler of the year, I think two years in a row. Um he does the MAKB stuff and he's he's gone up against some heavy hitters um regularly and and we're really lucky because he's met some fantastic folks like you know ken wood from makb um jason ferreira also he just did really really well in the tentational um uh also like uh uh jay gardner up in up in maine uh from uh uh you know and, and actually that group also does ekf uh, elite kayak fishing, which is a new series program. So it's kind of funny because I've, I've, I'm really new to tournament fishing as a whole, but I'm able to rub elbows because of this podcast and everything really well. And Sean has actually started as the uh, tournament director for the uh, Western division of MAKB. Awesome. So He's he's really really involved with that, and then we do. Uh, there's a, a local company called Chronic Trips, which if you think like for a millisecond about what that name is all about, you can kind of figure it out pretty quickly. <laughs> and they they wanted to do a virtual 
elevated fishing tournament and they were, you know, at the time I was just looking for content. So I reached out to the owner of chronic trips and I said, look, I, you know, I I'd love to cover the standings, you know, let's go ahead and do that. I'm going to enter just to try it out. We'll see how it goes. And it's uh, it's an interesting tournament because it's salt and freshwater multi-species mm-hmm. and it's nationwide. So anybody can join and, and set everything up and it's a fundraiser. It plants trees in like different parts of it's a little bit harder to get people uh, fired up about it when they got to go out, you know, on the cold, uh, but they can compete against people that are down South. So it's a little bit smaller right now. We're hoping in the spring, it kind of takes off and that's every other month they do one of these. And then, you know, so we've been involved giving uh, info about the standings for that. We've been kind of involved with uh, doing some videos, tutorials for like the CPR process and all of that stuff. And then in May, uh, we're actually doing a bunch of uh, Instagram polls to kind of like tailor our own listener tournament. And ideally what we want to do is figure out what generally like the listeners that are active, uh, what they're really interested in doing for a tournament. And it's probably going to end up being freshwater exclusive, multi-species. And we have a point system that we're going to borrow from chronic trips that Sean actually developed, which levels the playing field. So, you know, you can just by fishing for other species, you know, you catch a big bowfin, that's going to do more for you than just getting the biggest, you know, So we've got that going on. So we've got tournament stuff all over the place. And our calendar is insane between MAKB, EKF, and 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 all the other, you know, we just partnered with Three Bells Outfitters uh, in uh, Connecticut as uh, as one of our sponsors. They have their own events going on, too. So we're going to be all over the place. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And, you know, I, I really like, you know, that chronic trips thing, you know, it yep. kind of helps to you know, the whole noob aspect and that, you know, people learning the process and everything. So that kind of goes hand in hand with what we're doing with our, our noob tournaments. So we, we might have to do like a collab or something or I think we should. When, when y'all, when y'all do y'all's, Yep. And, you know, take y'all's best fishermen versus our best fishermen. And like we just paddle and fin versus jigs and bigs, oh, you know, that's see, a see who's. <laughs> that's a great idea. That, yeah. That I like that. Cool. Yeah. I love that. That's a fantastic idea. I'm all about that kind of stuff. Collaborating. I, I, I'm one of those people too, that especially like, you know, when, when it comes to podcasting, Andrew was uh, that round table with when the four of us got together and we're talking, Andrew was the one that set that up. And when, when he had, you know, mentioned it to me, I was all about it. Like um, I, I, I say, I have a, a saying that I really like that. None of us is as strong as all of us, you know? And if we stick together, you know, and, and build each other up, like all of these podcasts, they all have their own place, you know, and they all have their niche. So mm-hmm. I'm a big, big fan of networking and like helping people out and like same thing. You know, if, if I need something, I, w- I want to know that I can rely on somebody to say, hey, you know, I've got a question about this. You know, it's, I, I think that's the best part about this. It's like community and the fishing community is the same way. You no, know, 100%, especially yeah. the kayak community. Oh, my uh, God. Yes. You know, you, you've, you've heard like all the horror stories from the boating community about how nobody wants to share anything because you know, they, they got to spend, you know, $200 just to go out on the water for, oh, yeah. for a day or, or more, maybe, 
you know, between gas and oil and everything. And, it's, and if anything breaks down or blow a tire or anything, that's even more. So yep. I, I, I can understand to an extent why somebody like that wouldn't want to, uh, to uh, share too much, but you know, with the kayak community, like everybody um, is willing to help out yep. and, and, talk to you you know be in the middle of a tournament and people are like oh you're not catching anything here you go yeah. try this out i was doing great over here <laughs> and by the way sean has joined back audio wise okay and so hopefully we'll be able to get him in here and he'll be able to talk with us some can you hear sean nice. yeah i can hear you can you hear me yeah yep you, you sound like you're on the telephone <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we, we just got done talking about, you know, they kind of do their own, uh, little tournament type thing, sort of like the noobs tournament, but they're like a, all like a multi-species, you know, saltwater and freshwater and all that. And, uh, you know, uh, what we were thinking of the idea and, you know, put the paddle on, like our top, uh, anglers from the paddle and fin noobs tournament, up against their top anglers, and we'll do paddle and fin versus jigs and jigs and bigs. You like that? That could be pretty sweet, man. I think that sounds like a great idea. I think it'd be <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. I, I I think it'd be pretty cool. I don't want to put too much pressure on nobody out there. Yeah. Though. I'm I'm a big fan of of using the tournament platform too. As once we start doing our listener events, I'm a real big fan of doing tournaments that are fundraisers. So get behind a cause and then a portion of the proceeds that come in, you know, some of that's obviously going to be allocated for prizes and then the, the rest of it can go and do something positive. I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah. That, yeah I, I really like idea. that idea. Right. Yeah, we, and a we, perfect, perfect way to tie that in, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We might need to incorporate something like that in with the noob tournament, you know, hey, maybe set it up where, like a big bass or something since we don't really do a big bass we usually you know we try to get like a sponsor product or something to give to the person with big bass but we may have to look in like you know people pay an extra five bucks or whatever if they want in a big bass you know mm -hmm. half they win half of it if they win the other half goes to some sort of charity or something something like That's that an awesome yeah. idea yeah <clears throat> but uh so okay we 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 kind of got lost a little bit from earlier <laughs> yeah <laughs> we were it's talking about we were talking about finesse fishing i don't know yeah. how we got here but we were we were on finesse fishing earlier um it do you consider jig fishing finesse man that's a weird question because in a way <laughs> you know it's funny in a way like, yes, because it's generally relatively slow. Like, even if you're moving a jig fast or fast for a jig, uh, unless you're swimming it, unless you're using, you know, you know, you're swimming a jig, it's pretty finessey. It, it yeah. really is. Um, I find it's like one of those things that kind of like rides the rides the line uh, of, of in between. And I've had people tell me, you know, like, oh, well, of course you like, you know, fishing a jig because it's a finesse sort of approach. But you know it, it's I, got its I, power fishing yeah. aspects uh, like but, but 
I, I like to say it's finesse because, you know, I don't know how well you still keep up with the podcast, but I hate yep. using a spinning combo. And, yep. and, you know, Sean and the other guys are always like, oh, we got to get you on more finesse techniques. I'm like, well, I throw a jig, you know, it's close enough to finesse. It, know, it I, definitely is. It, it, I mean, it is. It's probably the, like, I'll say jigs and jerk baits are the finessiest of the power fishing like methods like definitely jerk baits are like the finessiest of all the moving baits you know like you get a good suspending jerk bait and you stop that sucker and it just like that kind of thing i totally get but i've actually i've, I've power shot it before like i've done drop shots with a bait caster um it's got to be like the right situation like i probably would only do that with like super deep water like super deep water um, and I still don't know anything about fishing anything really deeper than like 15, 17, maybe 20 feet. But I've I've done power shotting in like 40 foot, you know, sections of this one lake. And it was on the advice of a guy that I was fishing with. And I'm just like, all right, we'll give it a go. We'll give it a shot. I had the biggest drop shot weight I've ever used, you know, and it, it, I mean, it, it, it's I definitely get where it works. And there was somebody on a Facebook group that was talking about uh, finesse bait casters. Like really light setups with reels that specialize in light lures. Well, online fisherman, we had him on, and mm -hmm. uh, he was actually talking about that. Like, there's these uh, bait casters that are made for like light lures. Like, he can throw yeah. a Ned rig on on this bait caster. I'm like, it's perfect for me because yeah. I love bait casters. Yep. I will say yep. this: one of the biggest gripes I I have when it comes to fishing is. There's a handful. I think I did an episode one time where it was, um, maybe it was questions or or it was items or topics that I could deal with never seeing on a fishing Facebook group again, was the <laughs> list, and and one of them was um, baitcaster or spinning, because like I look at them like golf clubs, you know what I mean? Right. They both they have a job, um, mm -hmm. and then there's like I'm never gonna top water frog with a spinning combo. It's just not going to happen. That's just not, that's not me. I know some people use, you know, you know, spinning combos, uh, spinning gear exclusively, and that's what they're going to do. I have a, 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 one of my spinning combos is a seven foot uh, medium heavy with a lose Mach two. And I've got 30 pound braid on it, but basically that, that just allows me to use like 90% of what I have. You know, if I'm fishing something that's real finesse, I have a long leader tied on, you know, uh, but it just lets me kind of like be really flexible with what I'm throwing. Um, and then the, some of the other ones were, oh, I forget they were really good. Oh, catch and release or keep. That was another one. I'm like, I would be okay never having to hear that conversation again. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the thing is, you know, as far as the, casting versus spinning thing yeah you, you hit it on the head they both have their own separate purposes yeah now now do people have their preference of which one they'd rather have Definitely. sure yeah but i mean to be an efficient angler you got really got to have you know at least one of each yeah you, know, you can you know you got your bait caster for you know your heavier more you generally more power fishing type stuff and then you got your spinning gear for your lighter more finesse stuff as far as the the catch and release or or you know keep it, oh yeah that right there people are 
I've got my opinions. I'm sure you yep. got your opinion. Sean's got his opinion. Everybody's got their own opinion on that. And everybody's going to keep their opinion on that. Yeah. You're not going to convince anybody. It's like yeah. pol- it's like politics. You're not going to change anybody's mind on nope. it. All you I tell everybody. Go back and forth on it. Yeah, I say it all the time. There's no right answer when it comes to that. If it works for you, awesome. My uh, the only thing I ever bring to the table for that discussion is like as long as you're a licensed angler in your state and you're abiding by what you're allowed to keep, then awesome. If, if you're if you're legal, yeah, I I can't. There's nothing I can say about it. Exactly. So, I say anything about yep. it. Yep. I could I could also live with never hearing the word game or the phrase game changer ever again. <laughs> like that that, that phrase. It's so overused and annoying. Like, like the game hasn't changed that much since that came out. You know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's true. I'm guilty though. I use it all the time. I use it all the time. Oh, there's a great comedy bit too about the word hilarious. <laughs> that kind of that reminds me of because it's just like you hear. Didn't really change my life. It's okay, you know. Yeah, it's more of a marketing term than anything, really. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and I remember when Vibe came out with the uh, Shearwater, uh, they actually kind of put their own little twist on it, which I actually like the way they did it. That we didn't just change the game; we ended it. And you know, I, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting take on that. That's a strong flex too, right there. Yeah, for the kayak world. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, uh, I feel like there were other kayaks that came out around that time that would have better been suited for that. Yep. Maybe like a Hobie, Hobie 360. But uh, yeah, they they definitely had their uh, ducks in the road as far as you know advertising. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a good line. It is a good line. I'll give them that. People love those vibe kayaks too. The Shearwater people, they see. Sorry, you cut out for a second, so I can't tell if you're. All right, I think it's looking like it's back. There we go. Hey, Sean, are you able to mute yourself like while you're not talking? There we go. That's better. Um, nice. But so, uh, where was I going with this? <laughs> this this is terrible. I'm such a terrible host. Like you're probably. No, like, I love I'm it, man. I, I'm never I coming it. on this podcast again. No, Ryan, you have no idea. I love it. Like the whole thing is, it's just like if you're entertaining people and you're sharing information, who cares? There's no right way to do it. That's the beauty about podcasting. It's the wild west. You know, it's like if if you're if 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 you're running your show and you're you're doing it your way, if and it's my key is this, it's organic. So one of the parts of my job is I not only do I represent, not only do I host game shows like in in public and you know bars and restaurants and things like that, but I actually work with a software company that developed the, the game that I use, the one that I choose to use. And I travel in different areas of the country. I do conventions and I sell the product to other entertainers to do the same thing. And they all, I all say like, how did you turn this into a full-time career? What did you do? And I was like, you know what I did? I figured out my role 
And what I did was I decided that I was just going to be myself and organic as I could be. And the, the, the audience, they can pick up on that. And as long as you're being yourself, I think, you know, and you're being genuine, you know, you can't please everybody, you know, so just do you, yeah. man. It's all good. Yeah. 100%. I can't tell yeah. you how many times people have reached out to us and saying like, like, they enjoy the podcast because they can relate to us. You know, they've been yeah. like, they have the same struggles as we do, like trying to learn this. And, you know, it, it, it took me, you know, in, in fishing, there's so many people that want to like beat on their chests. Like, Oh, yep. I'm, I'm an amazing. I'm the best. All that. Yeah. Yep. It, and so, you know, it kind of, I guess, took some balls for me to be like, you know what? I suck at fishing and I need help. That's and, huge, man. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people have really connected with that right there. Yeah, it's true. You give somebody something to relate to and right there, you, you, you've got them because they can, they can relate to you and, and, you know, they can smell a, a phony a mile away. And it's just like, you're not doing anybody any favors by trying to fit a mold. That's not internet is terrible i apologize guys <laughs> it, i don't know if it's you or me you know i live kind of out in the out in the middle of nowhere so i don't have the greatest internet so it could be me but uh either way you know we're here oh yeah <laughs> absolutely I, think, uh, I, I think um you know for every really good fishing out there there's 20 of us noobs that uh you know so we're going to probably have a bigger target audience reaching the people that uh, connect with us than, you know, the pro fishermen out there. But, you know, we'll take the fishermen here and there, but it's nice uh, that uh, all of us noobs can stick together. That's a good point. That I hadn't even thought about that, but that's true. Like, what is it that everybody wants to know, or what is it that they're using the internet to get this information for? Most people are looking for tips and techniques, and they're trying to improve on what they have. And I think it was one of the first episodes I did. I said, now this podcast is going to be very selfishly for myself to like get as much knowledge as I can to improve. One hundred percent. You know, it's. I think that's a, a major player, and yeah, there is there's a huge audience for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I started this podcast because I sucked at fishing and I wanted to get better and, you know, it helped yep. other people along the way. Awesome. Now, I, I assume it's worked, right? Like, you've, yeah. you've improved yeah, in those years. Yeah, that's awesome. And I feel the same way about myself. Like, I look back the last year of records that I've kept versus 2019, where I thought I was just killing it. And I'm like, no way. I thought, I think I, I caught like 35 fish in 2019, and I caught almost, I, I did catch over 100, but I didn't document all of them. So I'm like, that's huge. That's a major difference. And it was a lot of that actually came from, came from finesse fishing. Um, and also pushing the boundaries of like, I'm going to try this and, you know, I'm not going to avoid this body of water because there's so much grass or there's a bunch of lily pads or something. I'm going to learn how to work with it. And I put the time in and it was like, it was huge, you know? Yeah. That, that's funny. You say that. Cause in 2019, I also caught somewhere in the realm of like 35, 40 fish and I kept mm -hmm. up with it. And, uh, you know, you said you listened to my very first episode I ever did. Yep bass fishing for noobs and i went over and i caught i think like 17 fish in my first like five years of bass fishing yeah like total and uh 
And then I caught like somewhere between 35 to 40 fish in 2019, the year I started the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, I like doubled my number. So that's awesome. Yeah. And then this past year, I can't tell you how many fish I caught because I caught way more than that. And, you know, it, it's awesome to see like it's, this is actually working. You know, you, you got to you got to take in all the information you get from here and put it to work out yeah. there uh you, you know it's not just going to instantly happen and i think that's what i was kind of expecting or before yep. is like like okay you know I, there's a piece of wood there should be a bass beside it yeah you know not, not taking it into account that you know it might be in direct sunlight and only like a foot deep and it's you know, a hundred degrees outside. So, yeah. you know, they probably moved a little deeper at that point. Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, yeah. So man, it's been awesome growing and I can't wait to see oh, where yeah. I'm at, you know, next year, the year after that, or five years from now, like definitely you know, who knows, maybe I'll be on top of like KBF and Hobie and all that. Not likely, but you know, it can know. happen though. You know, you know, and if you keep at it, that's the name of the game. Yeah, dream big, man. You got this. Yep. Yeah, me and okay, me and Sean are gonna take over the boat scene as uh as partners. That, that's, I love that's that. my that's my big dream right there. Sean, you're gonna have to move I, down here. I was just gonna say, I guess I gotta move to Tennessee. I can make that happen. <laughs> like, you oh know, darn, I gotta move down there. And it's actually, funny. I had <laughs> I had a couple of guests on um, that were from East Tennessee, and they were talking oh, recently. Slaunch Doctor, yeah, they they are uh, Brad and Zach. Great guy, I mean, like what a great conversation! Like we, it was just such a good conversation. But they were talking about where they are in East Tennessee, and they're just like, yeah, this is a great fishery. It's for it's it's pretty amazing. It really is. And then I was talking with um, with Hank Baskeek. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been, I've been watching his, in fact, actually one of my best friends, the, one of my oldest fishing buddies, uh, <laughs> we, we quote Hank in, uh, when we fish quite often, anytime we get hung up fishing a jig, we just look at one another. We're like, it's a log, <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> but I mean, there's some great fishing in there. Like there, like in your area, I think that's such a great spot. Um, have you ever listened to the bite? It's another po fishing podcast. Mm-mm. Uh, I never heard of it. What is it? SB fishing spot burner. And it's, it's a bunch of guys in like the Virginia area. I feel like something about that, like area, that, that corner, that pocket of like the, I don't want to call it like, I, I don't want to say it's this, it's necessarily the South, but like the mid Atlantic uh, and, and going inland a little bit. I feel like that's, it's such a great section right there because you do, you can get great smallmouth. you know, you have, you know, you just have so much that you can, you can get to. So there's so much of this country I haven't fished, you know, that I, I would just love to. Oh, the furthest I've traveled to fish is like, you know, three hours. So I'll, yeah, that's I'll, like me too. I, I think it'd be cool to, to branch out a little more. And I'd like to be out more East Tennessee, like where, where those guys are. Yeah. I, you know, I'm in middle Tennessee. I'm about 40 miles South of Nashville. Okay. And, and so I don't, I don't feel like the fishing is as good around here as it is, you know, out East, especially like smallmouth type stuff. Yep. Um, but 
you know, we, we do have, you know, some pretty good fisheries around here. You know, we got, we got Percy priest, which will either, you'll either love it or hate it. And that'll change every time you go there. Yep. Uh, the rock garden, you know, it's just pretty much all rocks, not really any vegetation, not a whole lot of timber or anything. It's rocks everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a picture right here so I can get this for the, for the gram. <laughs> Split yeah, how, screen. How, how was my hair? Oh, great. Great. Okay. Got to make sure, you know. Oh, man. Uh, so, did you ever say what how you got into a kayak? Yeah, it's like, all know, Sean. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know you talked about like getting back into fishing and stuff like that. And that right there, your story seems to be a common theme for it people is. that like grow up fishing. It seems like in around high school, they get out of it for a while, most everybody. And yep. then, then they get into adulthood and get back into it. And I'm, I'm kind of the same way. You know, I, I grew up, you know, fishing. You know, we, we lived on the same on the same like 100 acre farm. And yep. it's my great grandpa and he had, you know, stocked pond with catfish all the time. I, I never did bass fish till my twenties, mm. but, uh, you know, fish for live bait when my parents divorced, you know, I lived with my dad and, you know, we yep. used to go to this pay lake and, uh, you know, we'd fish for in these catfish tournaments and stuff like that. And, you know, we fished a little bit when I was in high school, you know, he had a boat and everything, but like we hardly ever caught anything, you know, we're mostly yeah. out there just enjoying the weather, hanging out the, yeah. the tube out there and pull me around on the tube and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was in my twenties. Uh, a guy I worked with, he, uh, he bass fished and he, we were on night shift. He's like, Hey, you want to go out Friday morning when we get off? We, you know, that was our last day of the week. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So me, him, and this other dude, we all went out. And, you know, I had like this, you know, Walmart special where it has like five or six different color worms and a couple oh, of hooks yeah. and a couple. You know, I had one of those. So I took that and my little $20 spinning combo. And, uh, you know, I didn't catch anything. They both caught like maybe a couple of piece. But like I, I was hooked after that. Like I, yeah. I, I wanted to be able to catch them. And it probably took me like a year and a half to actually be able to catch a bass. But I finally caught one on a jig. You know, you've heard that story. I guess. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. But uh, but yeah, that I've been uh, hooked on bass fishing ever since. I can't. I can't hardly sit still to uh, catfish anymore. Yeah, I. It's so funny because when I when I so when I got into fishing like in 2012, my buddy and I had gone out. And he, he would fish with his father-in-law pretty regularly and his father-in-law, like, so my, my buddy is, uh, he moved here from Poland when he was in like seventh or eighth grade, maybe sixth grade, something like that. He was just a kid and his, his, uh, his wife's family, same thing came over here and, um, Fishing like for them is not about sport. It's about food. They catch and they keep it. Basically they keep everything they catch. He would catch like eels and you know, that night they would be cleaned and in the smoker. And if you've never wow. had smoked eel, you're not living like it is fantastic. Really? 
Oh yeah. Oh, I'd be scared to I, eat it. It sounds gross. <laughs> it, um, I, I'll tell you this. It, it, the thing is, the thing is this. My biggest gripe with like it, like harvesting fish and eating fish locally where we live, there's a lot of mill towns around us like that are just out, and a lot of that work, a lot of that water is heavily polluted. That's the biggest issue. So for me, I would, I would, I'll catch stocked fish all day or migrating fish, uh, and and harvest those, but, um you know, to catch, you know, native fish, it's a little bit, it's not something I want in my diet necessarily regularly because right. there is, there's a lot of like factory runoff and stuff, but I, I, I remember how, how it started. He and I started fishing together. We would just go and fish for catfish. I'd get uh, a, a bucket of chicken livers. And mm -hmm. what I would do is I'd, I'd buy them on like Friday on my way home from work and I would just put them in the backyard and I'd go fishing on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, just get them as stinky and nasty as possible. Yep, and you know what? They work so well, so well. I would take a, a if you can a get it to stay of, on the hook. <laughs> that well, and that's the thing. What I would do is I'd get a little piece of like uh, pantyhose, yeah, and yeah. I would twist it around, and then I would use that on the hook. Oh man, it was great, and and you know that was fun. But I, it was something about bass fishing. I was just like, man, I keep seeing this. Like, and why is it that largemouth are the species like it just never dawned on me like when i fished with my father when i was a kid we'd always fish for trout you know we were always looking to catch our limit for that day fishing with live bait either you know a, a really light uh set up on the bottom with a with a split shot sinker or we were using a bobber up top depending and there was there was one day i was out fishing with my buddy and i i happened to hook uh, a pretty good size uh black crappie and I'm like, okay, this is a different species. This is pretty cool. That's all right. Not too bad. And I was like, you know, I think I need to diversify. So I got into that that one um, tackle subscription service, Tackle Grab. And I'll never forget this. I got my first crankbait. And uh, it was an Ish Monroe. Uh, I think it was called like a, like a Big Papa. It was a square bill, huge square bill. And I, I had one rod at the time. So this one day I said, okay, so we're just going to go in here and I'm going to learn this presentation. So I watched a bunch of videos, read a bunch of stuff. And I went out with that square bill one time and I caught my first largemouth. And I was like, oh, this is what this is all about. <laughs> Done deal. So then from there, then on, it was all about, you know, so now I want to learn this. And it was, it's funny because like I do, I swear by a jig right now. And I have a jig tied on one of my rods all the time. And I always, I have a rule that I always follow called follow the, follow with a jig. Like I'll be throwing something top water. There'll be a blow up. I might miss it. I get that back in. I grab the other rod. I throw a jig and I feel pretty confident that I'm going to hook whatever I missed. Different presentation. It's just, you know, it, it, it's a good thing. But I struggled with a jig for a long time. Or it was out one that I was on that fish a million times before, and I made it a point just to keep throwing that same fucking jig. And I hope a monster. This is a good story. This should have been, it probably was my PB, it went four and a half. I'll, I'll, I'll bet you it went four and a half. I hooked this little son of a bitch and I was fishing on this concrete platform where there was a railing and this is on a dam. And I, I pitched this jig right over to the corner where the dam meets like sort of where the spill is, the edge of the dam, oh, it's a spillway. And as it just on the drop, it, got, it 
for a ride. Like I saw that line just go. Flat. I set the hook like crazy. I get this fish over. Now I'm about like six or eight feet above the the line on this concrete. I can't flip this fish. There's no way. I can't do it. I'm going to break this medium heavy rod if I try. So what I did was I took off my tackle backpack. I'm a big guy. I go 300 pounds. It's like, all right, uh, I got to get on the, on the dam. So I shimmy underneath the, um, underneath the, the ropes there. And I'm staying up at the dam, the fish over and I get holding them. Um, it was like a religious experience. I was shaking. The biggest fish I've ever had in my life. I get the jig, um, I get the jig out, and I go to reach over to grab my bag and my scale and my phone, and I can't reach it. It's too far over from where it is. Now I've got this four and a half pound fish in my hand, and I can't climb up onto this platform again to get up there to get my phone the scale, everything I need to get this done. Mm. Cause it's all in my tackle bag. I'm like, all right, I'm not, I'm not looking to kill a trophy. So I release the fish. He swims off into the depths again. I climb back up there and I call my buddy, the guy who I, I, I fish with all the time. And I said, you are never going to believe this. Number one, I caught my first fish on a jig. Number two, I can't give you proof <laughs> because <laughs> of X, Y, and Z. He's like, Dude, I, I believe you, but like, yeah, you're right. Like that's, and it's like, that is one of the biggest, like, I always ask everybody their biggest, like epic fail like this, like that's me. Like there was no redemption there. Like none at all. It all oh, was crazy. But like getting into the kayak, it was, it was all Sean. Like I was always a bank fisherman, totally comfortable. Um, really didn't fear any kind of like, you know, um, branches or anything being around me. I was like there, I taught myself how to flip and pitch specifically so that I could use my bait casters more effectively from the bank. And I got pretty good at it. And, and then I went out with Sean one day and he was like, you got to get in a, in a kayak. You're going to love it. It's going to be amazing. And I did, I was hooked. And then the second time I hated it cause it was windier than hell. <laughs> and then, and then after that, I, it was just like, I started to kind of realize, I was like, okay, so there's a little bit more thought that has to go into this in order to do it the right way. And I've had some awesome times out there. And I just, I, I especially where we live, having a kayak makes way more sense than having a, a large boat, unless you're going to do some significant travel, you know? So for our local stuff, anyway. And what kind of kayak are you in now? So right now I've got an Ascend uh, 128T. It's like an aircraft carrier. Um, <laughs> I, I was actually looking at the Ascend 12Ts and that's what I started 128T. in 128T. I've, yep. I've, I was looking at. I actually had some buddies that have those kayaks, and when I first got into kayaking, you know, I was going out with them, and I was in like yep. a little two hundred dollar Pelican. And, you know, I saw those and to me, they're like, okay, those, that's what a top of the line kayak is right there. Oh yeah. And, uh, so that's what I wanted for my first like real kayak. Yeah. But, uh, I ended up getting a vibe Seaghost 130. Nice. And, uh, it's a good boat. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've learned since then that there are a lot better kayaks than the Ascend, but oh sure, you know, I, for the money, you know, since 
But it, I haven't actually been in one, but it seemed like yeah. they're not too bad. I, I like the open floor plan. You know, they seem to have a good seat on them. Sit on top is really like the name of the game. It really is. I mean, we got lucky this year. Three Bells had, had worked with us, and they're they're gonna put us on some demo programs. Um, and <laughs> they're taking amazing care of us. So Sean just got hooked up with a a native Slayer. Um, uh, pedal. Uh, what I forget the the brand they have, but it's it's a pedal drive kayak, and uh, it's this is like it's like a Cadillac. I mean, it's he's always been a native guy. Like he uses uh, is it they the do Slater a, Max. I don't know if it's the Natives. Max. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's the Max because he's got yeah this the Slayer and then there was another one I think it's called the Titan, which is mm -hmm. is a little bit wider. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm a bigger guy. So there's talk that they may want to put me in a larger kayak, like a, a Jackson big rig or, uh, or, or that Titan, you know, and, and Sean had suggested, he's like, you might want to try the Titan. He's like, he's like, it's just for me, it's just too wide. It's too much boat. But I'm like, no, I, you know, I would love to get to the point where I can comfortably stand on a kayak, but you know, I've got more work I have to do on myself than anything before that's going to happen, but we'll get there. Hey, that uh, that Titan or big rig, you know, I I feel like, you know, I, I don't I'm, I don't know how clumsy you are, but you know, even at you know, you know, you said you're around 300 pounds or so, I, yep. I feel like you'd still be able to stand up in those. Yeah, they, that's they, what they're, I've heard. They're, they're just such stable platforms. You yep. know, both both of them. You know, uh, we uh, we had a get together with a group of us from Paddle and Finn uh, back in October on Dale Hollow Lake. And yep. uh, Jay Randall, you know, he was in his big rig and, you know, I'm in my Jackson Byte FD, which is, you know, the big rig. And mm -hmm. uh, Jay's like, hey, Ryan, can you do this? And like swings his legs off the kayak and he's like sitting sideways on the kayak. And and uh, and I'm like, yeah, I could do that. And then I almost flip my kayak. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, we have Dan Perry that does the uh, reel down segment. He used to be on the native team. He was in a native Titan twelve, and uh, you know he he loved that boat. He he's he said it's the most stable kayak out there. You know, obviously, yeah. like a blue sky is probably the most stable, but it's not really a kayak. But he said for as far as like kayaks, it's most yep. stable out there. I have fished out of a, a native ultimate which is like a, a it's like a, a, a kayak canoe hybrid. Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's got the stadium seat, but it's, it's it, it, you do sit inside it. It's kind of interesting. And that's what, uh, what Sean was originally using, but it's funny. I like, at least on, on the trail trails that he fishes, he, he was telling me that there's like, if there's 20, you know, anglers on in any tournament on one body of water, maybe he's one of three that are paddling. Everybody else has pedals or motors. Mm -hmm. everybody else. And I'm like, you know, and I told him, I said, I think this year could be a big difference. You know, I'd love to see what it looks like at the end of this season with you pedaling now, you know, cause he had to make this decision because of his, he's got knee problems and stuff. And he's just like, yeah, he's like the more pedaling he can do, the better, you know, it's, it's going to help him out. So uh, he made the switch. And it's such a huge difference as well. Yeah. Like I used to not go very far from the boat ramp at all when I was paddling. Yeah. Um, and now that I pedal, man, I, I, I go miles Yeah, and, uh, around here, you know, pretty much all the kayak tournaments are 
pedal or paddle only, no motors allowed. So, oh yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I I I couldn't see going back to like full time paddling now that I have a pedal drive kayak. Oh yeah. <clears throat> it's uh it's great. He he he's gonna love it. And you know, if you get in one, you'll love it too. Oh yeah. I'm psyched. It's it it really like it's a it's an amazing sort of position that we sort of found ourselves in being able to work with them and they're amazing amazing company like our our whole thing from the beginning wasn't ever that we wanted to work with like a specific brand per se but we wanted to reach out with like retailers that were committed and like you know focused on service and like they're just fantastic we recorded an episode live in their showroom and it was it was so cool like there's such a great group of folks and uh it's pretty awesome but it's funny like i have i have a friend of mine um he's on instagram delirious angler and uh d has ah, what is it is it a it's an old town top water uh mm -hmm. pedal drive and that thing is great. We've done some, some fishing trips together before. And, and this thing is fantastic, but even he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy a, a, a 10 footer. That's a, a paddle yak and something I can just move around really easy. He's like, I've got the pedal drive. That's going to be for tournaments. And then, you know, for fun fishing, when we're just doing whatever, I'm going to have this smaller kayak. I don't have to worry about like throwing it on the trailer or anything like that. I can just throw it in the back of the truck. It'll be cool, you know, and, and keep it nice and easy. So yeah, I mean, there's, Go ahead. That that's something that I'd like to do too. Is get something like you know light, easy to yep. like throw it over my shoulder or whatever. Because like I said, I'm like five minutes away from Duck River down here. Well, yeah. my current setup, you know, it takes a little while to get it all set up and get it mm -hmm. down to the water and all that. Something light, where I'm just throwing my shoulder, man. You know, maybe one day in the summer or something after work, and just come home, throw it in the truck, run it down there real quick. Grab yep. me a couple rods, you know, have me a little backpack or something that's yeah. ready to go with a little bit of tackle, just throw it on there, run down the water, throw it in and go, you know, five minutes, you're in the water paddling and good to go. And then think about the, the wear and tear on your other boat for if you're doing tournaments, you know, you can save all that wear and tear. So now you're only using it for tournaments, anything like that. It's, it, it, it's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Smart guy. <laughs> well, hey man, uh, I'm going to start wrapping up here. Sure. Uh, we're a little over an hour here. Um, if you want to take a minute real quick, uh, shout out any social media or sponsors or anything you might have. Absolutely, man. So, um, where uh, the the podcast is Jigs and Bigs, we're on Instagram. Just search Jigs and Bigs. You can go to jigsandbigs.com to uh, get all the uh, more information. Stream the podcast if you want. We're on all the big platforms and everything. Uh, I do the show. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. Bobby Rose Beef, uh, Sean the Fisherman, also on the show. And we work with uh, two sponsors that we've got. One is uh, Three Bells Outfitters, uh, and that's three. The word three bells like southern bells es and then uh, outfitters.com and then our uh, our longest running sponsor is old glory outdoors and old glory is an amazing local retailer they ship worldwide or well, not worldwide all kinds of great stuff they uh they partner with us for our giveaways they i mean all kinds of stuff and we we normally do like a monthly giveaway and we partner with a couple of other instagram pages too so you know, give us a follow I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. This is so cool. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is I, awesome. I'm like, I love this podcast. 
No, I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, you know, I, I like your podcast. You know, I, I haven't caught every episode since I started mm-hmm. listening, but, you know, I, I listen, you know, whenever I can. And, you know, like I said, you have one of the best produced podcasts out there. You know, audio-wise, like, it, it sounds amazing, especially compared to us, because we just – we record this, we – chop the beginning and end and yep. you know, we're done. <laughs> yep. And, oh, I appreciate uh, it, man. That means it does. It means a lot. Like that's the biggest compliment because I, I, I put a lot of years into this and I'm not like, I'm not using anything amazing. This microphone is garbage. Like it, it just is like, you know, well, it's, you just have a really amazing voice, man. You know, it's just it's one of those things. It's like, I, I, so I, I do, I appreciate it. I do. I try to put a lot into the podcast production wise. I really love the way that Andrew at Tackle Talk kind of surmised what jigs and bigs is, is it's kind of like that, like that crazy morning show. Like uh, Sean the Fisherman says it all the time. He's like, are we officially like cheesy shock jocks? And I say, oh, yeah, absolutely we are. You know, that's that's what we're going for. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on here. Everybody, cool. make sure you go check out Jigs and Bigs podcast. You know, re- really good information on there, too, with him and Sean the Fisherman. But, uh, yeah, uh, Sean had to step out again. Um so I guess I got to open it and close it. But uh, this has been Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Fin podcast, bringing you the techniques. T- see, see, I need Sean here. Bringing you the techniques, tricks, and tips to help you rip more lips. Later, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com 